everyone, this is Kumar Data Chain with Agile Meridian and back together for another Agile Short. Uh, with me today, we have Mark Grove, uh, who is an Agile coach. Uh, I've known Mark for, I don't, I don't even know how long, how long has it been? At least? Probably six years, maybe a little more. That, at least that, yeah. maybe more. Yeah, I, I think we both worked um, um, uh, at that prior company that we won't mention several years ago. And then, okay. and then we both ended up working with Excella, but on different timescales. So we've known each other a while. Yes. And uh, I, I'm going to turn it over to you. Just maybe a quick brief introduction as to what you do, what you're passionate about, and we'll get started on our, our topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for having me on your uh your video podcast. Uh, this is great. I'm excited to be here. Um, as you've mentioned, uh, I've been in the Agile space for probably over 12 years now and as an Agile coach since 2013, I believe. And um, what I, over the years, what I've found that I'm particularly passionate about and just really like thinking about and reading about and where I can implement is um, is really just the flow of work through teams. And then of course that really manifests itself mostly through Kanban in particular. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a accredited Kanban trainer through Kanban University and uh, provide training obviously and coaching services, um, both to what we think of traditional Kanban teams, but as as well, uh, Scrum teams as well. There's no reason why you can't use Kanban with Scrum. Hmm. So in, in many ways, that's kind of what we're talking about today. And yeah, I guess it, it lends itself to that topic, right? So improving Scrum teams uh, through the visualization of work. And I, I know I didn't get the title exactly right, but what does that mean? Well, uh, if we're talking about Scrum teams, which which we are, uh, in my experience over the years, I have found that oftentimes teams spend so much time with the execution of the work. Um, in other words, after the, the work item is ready, after it's ready, to when it's mm -hmm. done. Um, the development work, the perhaps analysis work, the testing work, whatever it is to get it out the door and to consider done. Um, but oftentimes we don't spend enough time thinking about what does it take to get that work item ready? Mm -hmm. And I think there's lots of times I found that helping teams with what I'll call this upstream work, upstream mm -hmm. from you know that moment of being ready and pull it in downstream, uh, lots of times understanding what really goes on in that upstream work is necessary uh, so so teams can have a better appreciation of the of the, the the actual flow of work from the moment a work item is is thought of to when it's uh, out the door interesting so so I have, I have an echo hmm, interesting anyway I'll ignore the echo I don't know where it's coming from but so teams, I mean, I've always heard of this notion of a definition of ready uh, for scrum teams anyway, right? So that they they um, they work on um, the backlog, if you will, ahead of time to make sure that backlog items are groomed and ready for them to pull into a sprint. Um, are you saying this doesn't happen or it doesn't happen often enough? 
Well, what I'm saying is that it certainly does happen, but mm. there are, I feel, a lot of maybe yellow to red flags that seem mm. to pop up oftentimes when it is happening. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I think is missing or teams don't even recognize that is, ha is happening is that there is a lack of understanding or appreciation or acknowledgement that the, the, the value stream, I'll use that term somewhat loosely, but the value stream of getting a work item done isn't just the, the execution part of the work, but it's really from the, the moment the idea comes into play and mm -hmm. whether you're gonna use it or not is still debatable, but the real value stream is from the moment that work item first pops up into existence all the way to done. And lots of times when teams are focused more on that downstream, well, I'm just going to work on it and I'm going to do it. They still have, they're still doing a lot of work in, in we'll call refinement, but without visualizing what's going on in refinement and without acknowledging in some manner more formally that there is work going on up there, oftentimes that work is hidden. Mm -hmm. And so when teams are planning for their sprints, they'll say, well, we've got all, we've got these stories that we're working on, but let's not forget, we also have to prepare for refinement. We're going to need a developer or two for refinement. We're going to need, and so they start to get confused of like, well, how much time or how much are we going to need somebody down here? Maybe this would be a good time to show our visual. How much time is going to be needed down here downstream? Because we also need this person upstream getting stories to ready. And so, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. so you're, you're really saying that, you know, sort of Kanbanize your, your scrum, your sprint. Right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. sure. We, we can say that. And this is a, a graphic that I created very simple, but if we think of that double line, there is our definition of ready. In other words, everything to the left of that is, you know, and whatever the steps are, but these are all the things that we need to do as we march this item down. Mm -hmm. uh, to the right, if you will, uh, of all the things that we need to do to get the story to ready, making sure that uh, we all understand what it is, maybe even acknowledging the possibility that it's not needed. Um, mm. we're, we're, we're making our way towards that DOR, that definition of ready, that double line mm -hmm. that you see there. And then when it hits there, we say, okay, pretty much, you know, moving it to the next thing, which ready for sprint planning. Mm. Interesting. So um, I, I suppose that this ready for sprint planning is really more of a buffer state, isn't it? It's a, it's building your buffer to some minimum number of items that this, the team can then pull into their sprint backlog during sprint planning. I would I would consider it since it's moved past that DOR. It's like a refined backlog. It's that point yeah. which which we're fairly certain we're going to bring this thing in. It could still be an option, but we're pretty sure we're going to bring this thing in to sprint, into the sprint backlog uh, or until to our next sprint planning when it occurs. Mm. Yeah. So when you've seen this work, tell me, can you tell us about some of the benefits? Yeah, absolutely. I think first and foremost, when teams recognize that they can visualize this upstream portion of their work, some of them are shocked, like, oh, we can, we can visualize that too. We don't have to visualize what I'm now calling what, you know, the downstream work, yeah. which is typically the scrum work. We have, one of the benefits is when you visualize anything, one of the benefits is we're able to get these ideas out of our head 
And out on a board or out somewhere physical or virtually physical so that we can talk about the work item and we know what that first sticky is. We know what that first work item is and what it mm -hmm. means. I think a lot of teams just like the fact that it's something tangible they can see so they can talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, another big benefit is it helps them define how to get to that state of ready. One of the Kanban practices is making policies explicit. If a team takes the time to actually think about what are these steps that we need to take to get it to ready, um, it kind of takes, hopefully, takes away some of that ambiguity, some of that mm -hmm. unknown. What are mm -hmm. these? You know, each column means something specific. These are the things that we need to do. We're agreeing upon before we can move it to the next, uh, before the next column. So I think those are two real big things. And then downstream, I think some of the benefits are because there's less ambiguity, there's more certainty around the item. You know, I've worked with lots of teams, I'm sure you have too, where you find that they're refining the stories in the sprint. Yeah. That's a, you know, th that's a big symptom of probably not knowing, not more than probably, they don't know what, what this thing is. So there's less of that occurring. Maybe there's less of getting all your stories done at the very end of the sprint because they've refined it better. They're able to get it done faster. Right. And, right. you know, I think those are some really big, there's like three or four, but really big benefits to, yeah. to kind of visualizing this more. So I, I can certainly see the benefits um, of visualizing the work in any context. And certainly this seems to be a really valuable exercise in not only visualizing the work during the sprint, um, uh, but also visualizing the work that leads up to the sprint because there is work there and it's just sort of hidden. Yes, it is. It's not always um, top of mind. It's, it's oh, we just got this backlog and, and a lot of the refinement, like, as you mentioned, happens e either during sprint planning or it happens during the actual sprint where they're refining the work that they're working on. Yeah. Um, a lot of teams do have refinement sessions Mm -hmm. um, how does that help or, or negate the need for this or do, does it? It doesn't negate the need. They, they obviously they can still have a refinement session, uh, but I would bring this board with you into refinement. Um, I think a lot of teams, when they have refinement, they do go through a series of steps, whether they realize it or not, mm -hmm. that they follow and maybe even follow on a regular basis, a regular pattern of some sort, mm -hmm. what the upstream refinement work does is just, it makes it a little more um, visual. Um, but I don't think it, it, it negates it by any means. You just incorporate a visual aspect into your sessions. Yeah. So why would a team not do this? I mean, it seems pretty simple. It, it seems pretty effective. Um, the what are some things, what, what are some uh, reactions or arguments that you've heard from teams and like, you know what, it's just more work. Don't want to do it or whatever, whatever the reasons are. <laughs> well, now that we're all home right now, or most of us are working remotely, the biggest reason I get for not doing it <clears throat> is because lots of tools, online tools don't lend itself easily to having mm -hmm. an upstream and a downstream. So many of our tools really focus on the execution portion, the downstream, mm -hmm. that to create another board in some context is, is just 
kind of what you were saying. Oh, that's just more work. We have to create yet another board. Um, and it may be a separate, you know, a separate page or a separate URL or something mm -hmm. that just they, they've got to switch. I mean, to me, the cost of doing that is very small to the benefits that you would gain off of it. Mm -hmm. If we were physically located, I would build that left that left portion, that upstream portion, right next to their physical uh, scrum board. I would build it right next to it. You know, I would put more tape over there and just and place it right next. I just yeah, like since, visual shows. Yeah, but since we're not physically located, and chances are most uh, most teams are not going to be physically co-located for a while. Maybe never all physically co. I mean, I don't just want to say never, but right. Sure. <laughs> it, it seems like you know the the new way of working is one where people are remote. They're working from wherever they are and they're collaborating online how big of a, an obstacle is the tool i don't think it has to be that big and i'll i'll give a couple of things that i think is if i were a scrum master this is what i would do my current client right now they use jira for the downstream work and it's traditional to do doing done scrum board yeah. there's not much that can be done to change that just mm -hmm. because it's the way it is there are teams that are interested in, in upstream. And I had one team in particular that went full, full bore into it and they created their upstream board in mural. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who don't know, mural is a, an online collaboration tool. It's kind of like a giant whiteboard, but it's all mm -hmm. virtual obviously, but they would physically have to go to two separate screens and they would mm -hmm. have their stand up and they would do their downstream first but within the same 15 minute stand up, they would then show the upstream mural board. And those were the, those were user stories that were eventually going to be used downstream. And, you know, if you don't have mural, I mean, you, you can, you could use PowerPoint, just build something. I mean, I don't think yeah. the cost of switching between tools is minimal in my opinion over the benefits that you're going to gain from from something like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that Mural and Miro also have, mm -hmm. um, um, what's it? They link to Jira and other tools like it, where you can sort of pull the contents from the Mural board into Jira if, if, if you wish to do so. But maybe you don't, or you don't need it. I don't know. Um, what about just within Jira itself, just extending the, uh, the number of states is that a possibility that you've investigated? Uh, we uh, in a not where I am now, but a prior client of mine, we had a we had two Jira boards. One we called the Ready Board, which, as the name implies, got stories ready, and then the other was the you know traditional Scrum board. So yeah. we had two separate instances of a Jira board. One doing like the upstream work that you were showing earlier, uh, and the other one doing the execution or uh, the, the 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 actual doing, if you will, of the work mm -hmm. itself once it's pulled into into the sprint. Yeah. So I think that's very possible. Yeah, it seems like Jira is. Um, I mean, that's so many companies are using it. Um, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Maybe there's a better option, you know, in terms of tooling. Uh, for this type of stuff. Uh, I, I've been working uh, with a tool called Favro. It's mo more commonly used in Europe, but it seems so flexible uh, to make work visible and make work visible in ways that, you know, uh, how you might structure a whiteboard 
uh, in your team space. You know, all yeah. it takes is uh, draw some lines and put your stickies out and you're done, right? So Favreau yeah. seems to um, um, honor that design paradigm to make yeah. it very flexible and still be able to connect the work items to to uh, larger pieces of work and pieces of value. Not again, not advocating for tools here. It's just the tool space is also evolving, especially since this pandemic is, you know, sort of upended how we all work. You know, Miro has gotten much more flexible. Mural, you know, tools like Favro are out there. Uh, and so if that is an option, what would you say to that? Oh, I, I, if you have the ability to explore other tools, then by all means, go for it. Um, each has its pluses and, and minuses. I think some have more minuses than pluses for, for this type of thing. Um, but there are definitely tools that, that cater to the ability to create you know, many columns, uh, put policies out there, um, you know, enforce things through whip limits if if that's what you want to do and, and should do. Uh, yeah, I I think there are a lot of options. Yeah. So this this all sounds really good and and seems really great. I mean, the flexibility of the way you're you're describing it is really you know forget the tool, just use whatever you uh, have at your disposal to uh, make visible this work that is in, for most teams remains hidden. Yes. Until it gets in the sprint, and they're like, "Oh my God, we got to refine this. We haven't quite done enough." Um, so, so I, I really appreciate what you're you're saying. It's it's something very uh, similar to things that I've done, but it, the difference is you're applying it to Scrum teams, where I specifically was doing it with Kanban teams or Scrumban teams that that uh, were open to that type of um, um, process, right? Because they they understood that the work uh, in Kanban, dependent on visibility of the entire uh, value stream of work, where Scrum teams may be more resistant. So the fact that you're doing that with Scrum teams is great. You yeah. know, you're exposing them to other tools and other techniques. Um, any, um, I, I think I asked you this question already. I, I suppose the resistance goes away once they see this work, right? I've... Uh... Lots of times, Jeff, you can get over that hurdle of, you know, two screens or having to switch between this and that, or how can we do it all in 15 minutes? Who gets invited to this other portion of the board? I mean, it should be everyone. Um, I, I feel, yeah, I mean, again, I feel that the cost the the, the cost of, of doing it is is so minimal to the benefits gained. Yeah. And, lots, and another thing, too, that people ask me oftentimes is that upstream refinement board, we'll just call it that, does that have to be on a on a, a scrum cadence as well? And I, and I think the answer is no, it doesn't. You don't have to follow. There's nothing saying that that has to follow a two-week cadence. Right, right. Or whatever your your sprint length is. Um, just I suppose, I suppose that need to that make sure upstream, it's ready. Yeah, I yeah, suppose that the upstream team, though, their, their charter would be to ensure that there are enough items in the ready for sprint planning, sort of that ready queue mm -hmm. uh, for the team to pick up. I mean, if their average, again, I'm, I'm talking Kanban here, um, mm -hmm. but if their average throughput is, you know, X amount of stories a sprint and you have half that many ready for sprint planning, then you might be in trouble. And so that's, a, that's an added impetus to the 
folks that are sort of shepherding this work, upstream work, uh, to refine more, right? Get more things ready in yep. the queue so that the, the sprint planning will be successful. Yep. Teams can pull uh, pull items that they that of most value for them to start working on. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Totally agree. Totally and it's sort of um, uh, have you seen where Scrum teams then eventually just sort of become more Kanban-y and abandon Scrum or <laughs> or has that not happened yet? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I actually have not seen it, but I think it's not because they wouldn't be interested. It is more a function of uh, an organizational um, decision or mandate that is out, outside of their control that you are a Scrum team and that is just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and I, and again, when I say that, I mean in the sense that you have a two-week cadence because yeah. I don't want to confuse the fact that you can do these ideas with Scrum teams, uh, but getting them off the two-week cadence and just be a, a you know a more a, a pure flow-based team, I haven't seen it, but I suspect there are several that would prefer doing that. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had an experience once where um, exactly like that, right? So the team matured over time and, and picked up lots of, um, of these types of visualization techniques and uh, became very aware of their cycle time and their, uh, their throughput and their flow metrics. And uh, they were essentially planning on, on a daily basis. Wow. Um, uh, they still had a planning session every two weeks, but that was more to... Uh, make that commitment to what they thought they could deliver at the end of the two-week Scrum. And so while Scrum was still the the overall framework, they were really flowing their work through and yeah. using the Scrum boundaries to um, make and keep, keep uh, commitments and, and okay. do, a, do, their, do a demo on a, on a set cadence. I mean, they didn't have to wait for the, uh, the, the, the review to demo something they could do it beforehand because they were again they were flowing their work yeah uh, but the the organization sort of liked it that way you know because yeah. it was more convenient and so they were really truly scrum bond um and and not so much scrum anymore yeah yeah i so, can see that i can see that yeah this is really good um any um any parting thoughts for scrum masters coaches out there that might want to use this uh technique well, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but I think just uh, since you asked, uh, I, I think the number, again, the number of times that I've worked with teams where because they focus so much downstream and yet they know they have this other work to do, they have a hard time accounting for this other work. Yeah. And they're like, well, what if Joe, the developer, is not doing any any development because he's so busy getting us ready for the next thing that's happening next sprint? you know that they get befuddled like what is this where is this how do we account for this and by visualizing it that alone i i cannot underestimate or underemphasize the the power of visualization having that visualized really seems to to allay some fears at times or or concerns or worries that they have if anyone ever asked what is joe doing by the way you can show them oh he's working on this thing it's up here that's why he's not doing the execution work or the the down you know the downstream the development yeah. what have you. He's up here getting things ready. It was so important that we had to pull him into this area up here. Yeah, 
And that gives the team and hopefully others an appreciation that the entire thing up and downstream, both streams are your entire value stream. It's yeah. they're, they're both just as important. It takes little less emphasis off the downstream and broadens it for both streams. I, I really like that. Um, and, and, and the fact that you alluded to, you know, visualize your work, visualize the process. That's one of the, what the first fundamental rules, if you will, of, of Kanban yeah. um, and, and flow. Um, and so you're, you're using that as a, as a point of emphasis to improve scrum teams. Uh, and any team can really benefit from that, you know, whether they're using Scrum, whether they're developing software uh, or something else, it's some other process, a business process, the just the mere fact of visualizing that 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 flow of work is so valuable. It is. It is. I, I'm a, a totally agree and I'm a, a big proponent of it. All right. Well, um, Thank you for uh, joining us uh, on this show. Appreciate your time uh, and your experience. This has been a really good topic. Hopefully people viewing it will um, um, uh, will also agree that there's a lot of value in this. Mark, you wrote a, a blog article about this, didn't you? I did write a, a blog article about it. Uh, I think it pretty much has the same uh, same title, same name as, as this uh, video. Uh, but yeah. it's improving, yeah, improving Scrum teams with visual backlog refinement. Um, you could Google it. My name, uh, my company's name is Excella. Uh, we're a consulting firm, uh, agile consulting firm out of Arlington, Virginia. You can read about it. There's some visuals, some additional things to think about. But uh, it, the, the cost of entry into doing something like this is very low. Yeah, it sounds so Scrum, like it. Scrum masters out there, give it a shot. Yeah, and we'll definitely put a link to the blog article in our in our um, comments and our show notes on YouTube as well. So um, you, you'll, you'll be able to get to that article uh, quickly. So again, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your time here. And we hope to have you back maybe for a different topic at some other uh, future time. I would love All right. that. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.